The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Well, if you have your Bible, I I love that song, God is so good to me, but sometimes it feels like he's not. And so we kind of pick up here in Exodus with the nation of Israel, the people of Judah, and we kind of see they're in that spot as well. So while you're finding that Exodus chapter 1 as we continue our series in Exodus, well, this past, I tell you, the the weather here has been beautiful. I'm, I'm convinced you're the most blessed people in the world. And I keep hearing about these hot summers. And so we were, we were sitting back at the ditch the other night. Where I come from, it's a ditch here at the bayou. So you call it whatever you want to, it's the same difference. So we were sitting out there making s'mores. And the bugs really haven't been that bad. I haven't gotten a tick yet. I haven't gotten chiggers. Um, so anyway, we're sitting out there. And now the gnats, they something. I sit out in the backyard with a dryer sheet in the front of my hat, or back of my hat, a dryer sheet on each side, and then we're just showering in vanilla. I mean, anything you got to do to keep those things off of you. They may be little, but they are wicked. Anyway, so I'm like, you know, the mosquitoes just really haven't been that bad. I think these people just exaggerate. I I don't think they're thankful for the weather. And so we were sitting out there, and the kids were making s'mores. And I felt something, it didn't land, it lit on my arm. And I thought, boy, that thing's heavy. And so I looked down, I was like, Jeanette, that mosquito was so big, you could see the color bands around its leg. Now, most mosquitoes, when you go to swat them, they fly. I was coming after this baby, he didn't care. He was afraid of nothing. And I smashed him, and I felt his legs break. I felt his neck break. And then when I was done, he almost came back to full size. And I looked at Jeanette, and I thought, we might have a problem. Well, we closed in our house this past week, so we are now South Louisiana, Cajun Coast homeowners. Well, gentlemen, you know the first thing you do when you get a house, she puts you to work. And so there was a lot of fans and things that had, were not working, and so we went to Lowe's and got us some little fixtures, some little light fixtures, you know, go over the table, some pretty stuff. Got home, and I think we were down with our third fan replacement, and we were replacing it with just light fixtures, right? They're real classy and not modern, but, you know, up, up to date a little more, and some, replacing some of the brass, right? And so we took the one out of the dining room down, put up a little cheap chandelier and then in the little breakfast area took one down and and Jeanette goes Eric do you think there's a reason there's a fan in every room (laughs) I thought huh once again we may be in trouble (laughs) so anyway uh, we have had a blast so far I'm sure summer's coming but it has been beautiful, and I'll, I'll take a couple months of hot over a couple months of it's so cold I don't want to go outside. So we'll see. Ask me again this time next year, 
and uh, we'll let you know. But we are having a blast. Thank you, church, for your continued kindness and support. This week is my last week of our master's degree, and so I've got several papers to write and some exams to take, so I'm going to be kind of hit and miss this week. Um, But if you need me, you call the office, and I will make a point to meet you wherever, whenever. Uh, If you have a need, your family has a need, or anyone in our community has a need. So look forward to getting that done and behind us. But today we're resuming in Exodus chapter 1. The title of this morning's sermon is entitled, A Ruthless Adversary. And you'll see why in just a few moments. So if you have your Bible and you're in Exodus chapter 1, say amen. And I'm going to ask you to stand out of respect and recognition for his infallible, inerrant word, serving as a final authority in all matters of faith and practice. So here we go. I'm going to go back up to verse 8 for a matter of review. And then this is more verses than I will normally read, but we're going to go on to 22. So bear with me if you need to sit down a moment. That's fine. A new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. He said to his people, look. The Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they'll continue to multiply. And when war breaks out, they'll join our enemies, fight against us, and then leave, they'll beat us and leave the country. They'll declare their freedom. So the Egyptians assigned, assigned I just lost it, assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramses, supply cities for Pharaoh. But the more the the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread or fear the Israelites. They worked them ruthlessly and made their lives bitter with difficult labor and brick and mortar and all kinds of field work. They, again, ruthlessly imposed all this work on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, the first of whose name was Shifra and the second whose name was Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwife said to Pharaoh, well, you see the Hebrew women, they're not like these sissy Egyptian women. For they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can even get there. So God was good to the midwives and the people continued to multiply. And they became very numerous. Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh then commanded all his people. You must throw every son born of the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning praying that your word would be alive as you've declared it is, but may it be alive in our lives. May the words come off of the page into the application of our lives. May we be men and women who do fear you, who choose your law above any and every other law. And Lord Jesus, I pray you will find this church faithful, passionate for your person, and desperate for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And to this end, Lord, we'll seek your favor and your protection and the fulfillment of your promises. Until you return, Lord Jesus, may all glory, honor go to you, for you and you alone are worthy. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Amen. You can be seated, friend. I want you to see number one when we go back up to verse 13 and 14. So the Israelites were prosperous, right? They were numerous. They were multiplying. God's favor was all, all over them, just as God had promised it would be. So for most of us in our lives as saints, remember last week we discussed, if you're not a child of the King, no, God does not hear and answer your prayer. He tends to you as He tends to the expanse of the universe. You see, there's things that I take care of. We have dogs, a bunch of them actually. And do you know what I do to those dogs most part? I feed them and I water them. Now, do you think there's a difference in, thing, in, in whatever you own between that which is most precious to you? I can assure you when my children have a need or request, it carries a weight upon my heart that compares to no other request in my life. And so for God, He created, yes, and He is the Father in creation of everything. But relationally, He is a Father. He is Abba Father, as Scripture says, Daddy to His people, the saints. Everyone understand the difference? Say amen. All right, God, right, in the Father's house are many mansions, and the better interpretation of that, in our Father's house there are many rooms. You see, when we get to heaven and we live with the Father, we're not just going to live out back in a shed or a mansion. We're going to live in His house, in a room created for each one of His children. You know, we were at the furniture store the other day, and man, things are expensive. Have you folks been shopping lately? What, what, what was it? We was, Velveeta was like $6.58 on sale. It's not even cheese, right? You can make that in the backyard out of melting some Coke bottle plastic jugs and throwing in a little yellow food coloring. There's just not cheese, but anyway. So we were at the furniture store, and the boys have had the same little twin mattress since they were born. And we were talking to the furniture store guy, and we were like, should we get him a full-size bed, right? The dilemma of parenthood. And uh, I was like, he goes, well, you could upgrade to a full, of course the salesman's going to say this, you could upgrade to a full size and get a mattress for him that says, I love you rather than I hate you. And I was like, well, here's the problem, sir. If I make them real comfortable, they're going to stay forever, right? Because <laughs> right now their feet are hanging this far off the bed. Once they're hanging off at the knees, I figure they'll go get their own place, right? Folks, you got to think. So we didn't get them no new bed, and they don't need no new mattress. I pay for their food and air conditioner. I think that's more than what I'm obligated to. So anyway, God takes care of His. But in God's blessing and in God's favor comes a ruthless enemy. And the Scripture tells us He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, in our lives, we play a very dangerous game of justifying, of entertaining, and carrying out sin that is against the will of God and against God's standards and His commands. We try to get away with as much as we can and still be faithful in our minds and our justification and by our cultural standards. But do you understand... If my wife has any form of an inappropriate relationship with a man, 
Anybody consider that unfaithfulness to some capacity? Yes. So you're either faithful or you're not. There's no in-between. And so we negotiate with the lion the other night. I love animal shows. Love them. National Geographic, I think we're paying a couple months for that. Now, it does push evolution, some things that we, we talk to the kids about. But I love watching nature. I just love nature. Even though it's contaminated and sick, there is a beauty and an order that only can come from a sovereign intellectual creator. And so what happened is this lion, they were studying this pride, right? And these lionesses went out to hunt. And so they saw this, this mama wildebeest and she was all alone and she had a sweet little calf. So the, the lions went and they attacked the wildebeest and slowly just grabbed its throat and chewed at its spine until it lost energy and just suffocated it. And then this little baby, aren't all babies so cute? I mean, you name one animal that's not cute as a baby. I can't think, even humans are cute when they're babies. And then they grow up, right? So this little baby wildebeest was just hopping around watching mama get eat. And then the lions left the baby and they gutted, literally, the mom. Ate its intestines, chewed its face off. And now when they were done, the lionesses were just swatting the little wildebeest around. It was waddling, and they just—they were just playing with it. So they played with it for a few days until they got hungry again. And then they just broke its neck. Now, think, well, that's just nature. What well, is nature? But it's also a ruthless enemy that Scripture compares to Satan. So, friend, we tinker and we toy with the depths of depravity as saints of the Most High. Sin never comes into your life to only own a little real estate. Do you understand? You know the old saying, you give him an inch, he'll take a... He'll take it all! You see, friend, Satan doesn't come to negotiate to what is fair or limited with you. He comes in, he creeps in, he sneaks up through avenues and facets of your life that you think you're strong enough to handle. And then he comes after it all, and he's not just coming after you, he's coming after your family too. So anytime we negotiate with evil, we are bringing in the lion that will not rest until you and yours have been destroyed spiritually. So I would ask you to reconsider the way you're employing and entertaining things in your life. It's either godly or it's unholy. And God's people are not called to entertain unholiness. Everyone understand that? Say amen. So friend, what grasp does the lion have on you? And what is he trying to do to your family? If you're a married man or married woman... You should have parameters and protections for the benefit and the sake of a commitment that you made at marriage. Everyone understand that? Say amen. When I walked down the aisle and I looked at that little girl, I told her I would be faithful. If there's ever a point she questions that, I have failed that commitment. Do you understand? I made a commitment when I was saved that I would surrender, that I would be crucified with. Therefore, I no longer... But he lives through and in me. 
I made a commitment. Anytime I undermine that commitment, anytime I dance with the devil, anytime I entertain the lion, I undermine that covenant, that commitment, that promise. So I want you to understand first, you're dealing with a ruthless adversary. Your opposition is ruthless. Number two, I want to see, I want you to see the most effective attack in verse 15 and 16. Now, gentlemen, I need you to wake up. Ladies, don't nudge him too much over the next few minutes. You let the Lord do what he does. Look at verse 15 and 16. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, the first whose name was Shifra and the second whose name was Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If, it's a, if the child is a son, what's it say? Kill him. It was prophesied in the Old Testament that the greatest punishment upon the nation of Israel was that they would lose a generation of men. Do you know what happens when a country, a culture, loses a generation of men? They lose strength. They lose the, ab- the ability to go to war. Uh, you see, back, back in the day, wars were fought with men who had families, men who believed in something, and men who gave their life for something, men who watched their brothers and sisters in arms give their life, shed their blood for our freedom. Do you remember those days? Now let's look at what's happening today. I'm going to share with you a document proposed to Congress 60 years ago. I want you to listen closely. Man, I'm going to get back to you in just a moment. January 10th, 1963. This was proposed at the 45th Congressional 45 Goals presented by Congressman Albert S. Herlong Jr., a Democrat from Florida. There's hope. 1963. Now these are the top goals, the top prerogatives of the Communist Manifesto to overthrow the United States of America. Listen. Capture one or both political parties. I didn't make this up. This was presented to Congress and documented in Congress in 1963. Capture one or both parties in the United States. Number two. Get control of the schools and teachers' associations. Soften the curriculum. Sound familiar? Next. Gain control of all student newspapers. Control what our children see, hear, and perceive as the truth. Now, newspapers are a bit outdated, but what social media platforms are being overcome by liberal agendas and communist intentions? I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is 60 years old. Keep going. Infiltrate the press. Next. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and pictures. You see the date by the words used, by pictures. Let's keep going. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and press. Next, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in the media. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, 
and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. If this doesn't make you flat out mad, something's wrong with you. Nine, eliminate prayer or any other phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Separation of church and state historically, factually, was implemented so that we would not have a state-run church. It has nothing to do with not praying in government. It has nothing to do with removing God from the Constitution. It means like what's happening in Pilgrim's move for freedom of religion. It wasn't for freedom from God, it was freedom to worship God. So friend, you can't separate a man's conviction and his vote from his beliefs. So even philosophically, you can't have separation of church and state. A man should vote by his conviction, right? Not his comforts. Let's keep going. Discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate and old-fashioned. Belittle American culture and discourage the teaching of American history. Next, oh, friend, back in 1960, this was presented. 1963. Discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. What has happened in the last four to five years? Infiltrate and gain control of big business and unions. Who owns? Most of our big businesses. Listen to this. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. That's being done. Treat all behavior problems as mental health or social problems. We are not carrying out penalties on crimes. We are treating people with behavioral issues and releasing them to murder and rape again. Now, man, I'm going to get to what this has to do with you in just a second. 16, ooh, discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Emphasize 17, the need to raise... mm, Emphasize the need to raise children away, listen, from the negative influence of parents. What is happening right now? Laws are being passed in almost every state that your children can get a sex change or be counseled toward a gender transfer without your knowledge or opinion because your influence is negative and old-fashioned because it's just natural for them. Again, first day of when we sent the boys to public school, the first day Aiden was asked in a sheet of paper what he preferred his pronoun to be. I've never something comes close to gas and matches in all my life. Here's the thing, I wouldn't have known if he wouldn't have told me. Friend, this is happening to your children and grandchildren, you just don't know. So the question was on the sheet, what is your pronoun preference, your gender preference, 
And would you like us to, to tell your parents? Or would you like to receive counseling here at school? Now, friend, if I'm a loving parent, and my son comes to me and tells me he's decided he's going to be a woman, do you not think I'm going to make sure he gets the help he needs to spiritually and psychologically? Now, he's going to get a little physical correction, right? Because some things are just common sense. Until you take these away. Let's keep going. Spending too much time here. Repeal the Connolly Reservation, allowing the world court jurisdiction over nations and individuals alike. NATO. Last, uh, but we're going to stop there. So, for a hundred years, the communists have had intentions and plans to overtake this free world. And they have nine out of ten boxes checked. And the whole time, where's the objection? Where's the objection to evil, promiscuity, and perversion? Where's the warriors? Where's the saints? Friend, the worst punishment, the wisest attack the lion can have is to remove and to go away from the herd and pick apart the weak. Get the baby when it's away from mom and dad. Do you understand how that works? Just like the lion does. And so, friend, there are days coming and they are not so far away. I used, I once preached a sermon. Another one of these were to register every gun with the long-term intentions of confiscation so that the people would be without protection. There's, there's 45 of these. That, that was 19. Everything is being attacked. Now, so here's the nation of Israel. Moses in Scripture is a type or a symbol, a parallel character, not of the same equality, but of the same task of Jesus Christ. So his saints are in captivity, they're in living in a world plagued by the presence of sin and the consequences of sin and depravity. And then, right, we wait. Israelites waited 431 years, according to most scholars, for deliverance. And just when they were being attacked ruthlessly, God is preparing a way. And so here we are. Here Moses is, in this point, that he's about to come onto the scene. He's about to be born. But remember, Pharaoh's intention was to remove men from the society, from the culture, so that no one would stand and fight when the fight came to the people. You see throughout history, nations rise and fall on the determination and the resolve of men to lead their families spiritually, to stand for their country with conviction and courage. Your babies are being attacked. And friend, we're so out of tune Because it's uncomfortable. Well, guess what? The war's at your door. The the enemy is already attacking your family. Well, you say, preacher, shucks. What do we do? You wake up. 
you surrender your indifference to the King of kings and Lord of lords and you get in a fight. And friend, if I call you and tell you to get whatever it takes and get down on the highway, we, we getting it. Better get ready. I'm not going to give my family over. I'm not going to let my boys be taught they can turn into women. I watched an interview the other day. It's, um, a, a, an atheist philosopher was asked, can a man become a woman? And he said, your question is not fair. And the news anchor got really frustrated. She said, what do you mean my question is not fair? And he said, well, because the definition biologically of a woman is a person who has the equipment to have a child. And she goes, what do you mean? You mean you're discriminating? You're determining what a woman is? No, 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 no. I'm not determining. He's not determining what a woman is. God's already done that. Okay? Let's keep going. Now, I'm not going to be unkind. I'm not going to be disrespectful to people who disagree. But you ain't going to come in my house. And here's it. I'm not going to let you in my house to teach this foolishness to my family. I'm not going to let the lion in to destroy. Let's get to number three. I got four minutes. So, the Pharaoh called in the midwives and said, Listen, ladies, when you're helping these Hebrew women give birth, if it's a male, I want you to kill him. And again, that's the way enemy attacks. And men, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to challenge you. If there's marriage issues, if there's children issues, behavioral issues, if there's money issues, men, are you leading your family? Now, ladies, I'm going to tell you, just like we read on Wednesday nights in 2 Timothy, that Paul exhorts Timothy to have the faith of his mom and his grandma because that's who taught him about the Lord. You women have carried the baton in the absence of men. And whatever strength we have is because of your investment. I am not asking for anyone to replace anyone. I'm only asking for men to stand in the stead that they know they should be already standing in. So men, if there's marriage, money, right? Porn, sin, infidelity, mistakes in the past. Here's the deal. Sometimes we can't change what's happened, but we can sure change what's going to happen. And so Pharaoh's saying, listen, you do this, we destroy the country, we destroy the nation, we win. The midwife said, listen, it was the ladies again who took charge. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh." Right? No, we ain't going to do that. We're not going to hurt our own people. We're not going to do, Pharaoh, what you ask us to, because that would be destruction to our people. We're doing exactly what Satan has asked us to do to destroy our families. The midwife said, no, we ain't going to do that. I can't believe Pharaoh went with the answer. I mean, that that was just funny to me that he's like coming in and he goes, girls, I thought we had a plan. And they're like, I know. Uh, These women, they tough. I mean, they have that baby before we can even get there. No. They weren't obeying Pharaoh. Listen, because there's but one law. 
Now, you understand the country was founded upon the standards found here. And as long as the morality, as long as the laws of this country align under the authority of God's Word, their law. But the minute they abandon the protection, the promises, the standards of the Almighty, they are no longer law. So friend, I'm not going to go along. I'm not going to play dumb games. And I would encourage you to quit doing the same. The midwives knew if we do this foolishness, we're doing it to our own people. Gentlemen, if I'm not a man of character and integrity and faithfulness, guess who I hurt? Those people. Those people. The ones that I have the highest commitment to under my Savior. Friend, you need to understand. You're messing around with something that won't hurt you. It will utterly destroy you. Second, he's had a plan. He has an attack. And here's the other thing. It says Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but what a lion does is also checks your weaknesses. Checks the point where you're not paying attention anymore. Scripture tells us to be on guard constantly to be prepared and then last, now I don't want to take your, hopeless, your hope away this morning because that's not the case at all. Just as the nation of Israel were being persecuted, Jesus was preparing a deliverer. Now catch this. Now 430 some years of oppression and ruthlessness. And folks, I'm just getting tired of it. I couldn't imagine 431 years of oppression. We've not even tasted true oppression yet. And they're crying out for a deliverer and they still have the faith to be faithful. And little did they know, just days away, a little baby would be born. And guess what? He would be adopted into a family. Have you ever thought that Joseph was the first stepdad we see in Scripture? You realize that? He adopted Jesus. He wasn't his dad. So when it comes to seeing a culture and a society that needs parents, friend, thank you to those that have adopted or fostered in any capacity. So here's the nation of Israel, and they're, they're crying for deliverance. And the whole time, God has a plan. Satan has an attack, but God has a solution. And it's just days away, comparatively speaking. And friend, here we are, frustrated and in despair. And guess what? The deliverer has already come once to prove his power. He's already come once to prove that he is worthy. He's already come once to prove the challenge is overcome. Death is overcome. Sin is overcome. The deliverer is coming. And so for the church, friend, yeah, it's tough. This world hurts. Satan's going to come and take everything he can. But I still have hope. But hope has to have content. I want you to think about this before we go. I can't say, you know what? 
I hope things will get better. I hope, 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 hope. I hope things will get better. You say, well, how do you hope? And I was like, because I believe it. Well, what do you believe? I just believe. It's the power of positive thinking. Friend, there's no power in positive thinking other than maybe putting you in a good mood for a little while, but it's coming, right? You don't get upset again. What's my hope? Jesus Christ. You see, I don't just hope in an empty intention, but I hope in the promises of Scripture. I don't just believe for the sake of belief. I believe because he told me it was true. And so we can't just hope things get better. Hope must have action. And that action must be a response to his standards. Lord Jesus, as we end our time together this morning, may you encourage and inspire. And Lord, we still have family and friends that do not know you. So I would pray for opportunity and the conviction and the courage to carry out the presentation of the gospel, the good news. And Lord, this morning I thank you for our, our women who have raised children and grandkids. And Lord, it's time the men get out of the recliner and stand and lead. The days of getting home and napping the rest of the evening have to end. The days of disengagement are far over. It's time the man become the warrior. The man of courage and boldness you created him to be. So, men, this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And this is tough. Ladies, I'm not taking anything away. I've got to tell you thank you. But, man, I'm going to ask you something. If you're willing this morning, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your position is. If you're willing this morning to stand for your family to be the spiritual leader, to recognize the time of laziness that's past, right? Good times make weak men. Weak men bring hard times. Hard times bring strong men. It's time for this generation to stand. So I'm going to ask everyone to join me this morning by standing. And men, here's my challenge to you. And I know, guys, you don't like to do these things. Guys, there's so much we don't like to do, it's time to do. So if you're a man here this morning of any age, if you're a, a male, if you're a, a, a young man and you understand it's time for you to walk according to God's standards, I'm going to ask you to join me right here at the altar. Yep, that's going to mean that you move. If you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to join me, men, here at the altar. I'll give you a few minutes to move.
that we don't lead them. This church can't go anywhere. We don't lead it. God's calling you, and I'm, I'm not looking up. I'm not looking at who's here and who's not. But gentlemen, it's time. Lord, I'm going to ask you to refresh the presence of the Holy Spirit upon each one of these men that we all would love you with a passion that may have faded. That we love you above all else, above money, above anything, above comfort, above hope, above intention, above success, certainly above sin. And Lord, you would rekindle, as Paul tells Timothy, to rekindle, Lord, that fire within us, restore to us the joy of our salvation. And second, man, if you're married, you'd better not even look at another woman. This foolishness of immorality must stop. Don't entertain. Cut it out, or you're a coward and a thief. Lord, I'd ask you to convict every man of any age here to have a physical Lord, in mental purity, that whatever we may be entertaining ourselves, whether on the online or relationally through some website, must stop. That is foolishness. And Lord, I pray we love our wives as you love the church. For every young man in here planning to be married, may they not take advantage of any young lady. May they seek to never disrespect or dishonor a young lady that will one day be a wife and a mother and is your daughter. And Lord, it's time that your, your commands resonate in our homes. Enough. Enough of this. And Lord, I pray you create an army here. A righteous arsenal of men wielding the sword of of truth. Lord Jesus, turn your spirit loose. May we prepare for the deliverer and may we keep the lion at the door. And it is in the name of the sovereign king, the most courageous and most bold man that has ever walked the face of this planet in the name of Jesus Christ. Our example, our empower. Amen. Gentlemen, I'm going to keep my hand. I'm going to let you return to your seats, gentlemen. I know we're just a couple past, but if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, men and women, There again, there is no promise for you other than He will feed you as He feeds a sparrow. But if you'd like to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and know that you will forever have a place in eternity, I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to give you a few moments. If you've fallen away from the Lord and you need to rededicate your life, I'll be here. Just pray for you, encourage you. Friend, my job here ain't to beat you up. It's to walk with you. I'm telling you, this little old life has brought about every kind of pain we could have imagined. And it's, it's okay. 
It's all right that life wasn't perfect. Just I'll do anything I can to help you. Lord, you move as you, you do and you can. Amen. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.